Hey, what's up guys? I'm Moni. I dabble in a little bit of this and a little bit of that, just navigating life. Hey y'all, I'm Jasmine. I'm a writer, content creator, food lover, and a fan of all things video games and anime. And together, we're, we're fluorescent. fluorescent pineapple. Oh, oh, I almost had it. <laughs> I think I went out or you went out. Oh, something. I didn't. Okay. Today we're talking about uh, religion and spirituality, and I don't really know where that conversation is going to go. I know, it's a pretty big conversation, it's a pretty big topic. I think we'll, we'll talk about, you know, we'll get into what religion means to us, how we were raised, and what role religion plays in our identities. Um, so my first question to you, Mon, straight off the bat, is what religion were you raised in, and what are your religious views now? Okay, so... So, I grew up, my religious background is very interesting. So, when I was younger, like really, really young, my parents were um, a part of this other church that just had some really weird stuff. And it affected how we were raised for quite some time. Definitely my brothers, because mm-hmm. um, they were older than me, so they had, had it more. But they were much more conservative I'll just leave it at that and then by the time I was six I would say um they they had left that church and my mom took me to visit other churches and so I tell people like I was raised in a Baptist church but like I said for a good chunk of my life the previous church that my parents were at affected a lot of how we were raised but also the Baptist church did as well, but that wasn't until like much later after my parents' divorce. Um, prior to that, even even though, you know, my mom had switched churches, it was like just our day-to-day activities or the, the way we lived our lives were still heavily influenced by that previous church. Mm. That's also where my parents like met a lot of their, their best friends who, who they're close with now. Um, a lot of my cousins, you know, cousins from another bloodline, but we're right, still cousins. Right. <laughs> um, and I would say, you know, their their families have definitely played a big part in my life. They ended up going to different churches as well once they left there. Mm. And, you know, as far as, how can I explain this? As far as religion, I would not say that it's really affected did me negatively because I was always taught indirectly that religion you can be religious about anything mm. um, so even though there were certain things that I was taught it was always very indirect from my parents and you know like I said from their friends you keep your eye on God mm. you keep your eye on the Lord in all that you do you they taught us certain principles you know faith hope and love yeah. the greatest of these is love different things like that um going through scriptures really taught us not just like memorizing scriptures but how you apply that to life in different ways and then I think also my my mom's side of the family so it's funny because my dad's side of the family my great-grandmother she was um one of the first female um evangelist in Mm -hmm. in their religion I honestly can't remember what that is right now but I didn't know that until like I was a lot older, but my mom's side of the family, they're from the South. So they're 
grew up mostly Baptist, and that also played a big part of my life. Um, oh, yeah, I'm Southern Baptist. <laughs> but even then, even then, they were still very much, still very much more spiritual than religious, I would say. So there were things that I would learn in church, and I was that kid. I remember being seven years old, and I told my mom, like, Mom, I understand God through the trees. And, like, she just, she didn't say anything, but she gave me that look like she wasn't surprised I said it, but also just, like, don't tell the people at church that, like, don't tell other people that kind of thing. Right. So I don't know if any of that makes sense, but that's how I grew up. But, like, (laughs) also very, even if they didn't know they were keeping in line with certain traditions um, from our, our lineage, they were. Um, Mm -hmm. So as I've gotten older and had more experiences and met different people, you know, I've kind of sought out those traditions myself, but still having, you know, the main thing of keeping my eye on God, my eye on the Lord. And I don't view God as, um, you know, a part of one religion, so to speak. Mm -hmm. I think Mm -hmm. God is God is God. God is the creator, the the one divine holy thing mm-hmm. and God can come to people in different ways. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's a, that's as light as I, that's as deep as I can go without making this a super long podcast. <laughs> I, I hope you guys that. understand that. <laughs> I, I definitely get it. I completely understand. It was a little, it was a bit opposite for me. I grew up in the traditional black Christian Southern household. So, you know, a little bit conservative and then anything outside of the church was not tolerated, period. My mom was definitely the one where, you know, we weren't listening to secular music. We, she was watching what we watched to make sure it wasn't crazy, in her mind, <laughs> crazy. Like, there was just a lot of making sure we upheld to and we were a family that, you know, modeled the Christian values that my mom, you know, believed and I believed for a time as well. But what I appreciate about my upbringing in the church was that we went to a non-denominational church. So we didn't, we weren't Baptist, mm. we weren't Pentecostal or, you know, anything, you know, it was just a kind of really a Bible-based church. And although, of course, they, there is an indoctrination as with any religion, we, we were, I was able to look at the Bible more objectively. Um, right, right. Yeah, and, and it was that was uh, good for me. And it also just made me question the Bible as well. It made me question everything I was being taught. And that's just me as a person. I'm very curious. I, I question everything. And in Christianity, that's not really, you don't really question much. You're not supposed to question. Mm-hmm. You just kind of, the Bible is the Bible. It's God's word. It's right there, plain as day. There's no wiggle room. Um, and I am a person that needs wiggle room. So... Growing up in the church and being instilled with these morals and seeing blatantly as a kid but not being able to name it the sexism in the church that was very rampant, um, mm-hmm. I felt like. And I felt like the boys were being taught one thing and the girls were being taught another thing. and It was just confusing to me and I didn't like it. I didn't like that I had to be modest. I, I, na- I just naturally wasn't. I naturally liked to wear clothes that show my legs and... I like to be free in my clothes. I'm a free person. Um, so that was, I felt like I was very much pushed to conform in the mm-hmm. church. And I was yeah. not, I'm not someone to conform. So, um, but I mean, I had good memories. I, like you said, I made cousins, friends, some of my mom's closest friends that 
were from church, like period to this day. Like, um, she's still very active in the church. She's a deacon um, at the church now. Like, so it's something that is very active in my family, very much lives revolve around church, going to church on New Year's Eve, going to church on every holiday. I just, whew. <laughs> and then, you know, as a teenager, you don't want to do that. I want, I want to go to New Year's parties with my friends in high school. My mom was like, no, nah, we're going to church. And I would be bored out of my mind. We have the musical guest that was fun, and then the three-hour-long sermon until midnight. And I was like, this is... I, used to, <laughs> I liked... So I used to like doing... They had... Um, oh, I'm sorry. I interrupted you. No, go no, ahead. No, please, was, okay. this, this is a conversation. Yes. So I... My mom didn't start doing that until I was older. And again, um, it was because she she was... She was also going through a change, too. After my parents mm-hmm. divorced, like, she went through you know just this beautiful transformation I'm so proud of the woman she's become Mm. um but that was a part of why she stayed married to my dad for so long despite their issues was because she felt like she had to make it work you know you don't get divorced but then just also forming her relationship with God and learning God's love doesn't want either party to go through this pain that is not god's love um you know god does not ask you to like what god requires of you might be you know something that's uncomfortable for growth but it Mm -hmm. is not going to be something that breaks you down and is painful and destroys your spirit um and i think you know her realizing that and then after the divorce just growing as a person and finding herself and doing different things you know, she started to connect more with traditions she did as a child. So mm-hmm. a part of that was like going to church and staying all day, which again, when I was really young, we did. And then there was a period where we didn't do that. And then when I got like in high school, I think maybe my sophomore year, she started to do that more. But it would mm-hmm. be with like the, the Christmas um concerts which i used to love actually oh i gosh. love when they do the christmas <laughs> no you know the christmas plays no no good now my church we put on a production baby Those yes christmas, the plays. and easter plays be on point the music be on point that i did love there yes yes, yes. Awesome. I, and i will say like for all the issues in the black church and i speak specifically for the black church because it yes. is very yes. different from um very. other other churches Although I will say, I've had some friends, the ones who grew up in the South-South, we have very similar experiences, <laughs> regardless mm-hmm. of race. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Black church, there are some experiences that are exclusive to us. And I will say, I have met so many people and so so many mentors that I, I needed. I think, you know, there are things I don't agree with them on, but they were there for me when, mm-hmm. um, you know, either my parents couldn't be or when I just felt lonely. Um, I know to this day, you know, if I go home, they're going to be, oh, how are you? What's going on? Like, yeah, welcome. You know, always, it's, there's always somebody I can call on if I need to, yes. um, yeah. despite the other issues. And I will say I have not found that. Even when I was living in New York, I did not have a church home. Um, but my brother had one of his friends who was a pastor and occasionally we would go to his church and you know when I would go even though I wasn't as involved as I was at my home church 
he was very much like, whatever you need, you know, you're here, mm-hmm. introduce me to all these people, the women invited me to the women's conference, and they were like, oh, come out, we have other young people here, here's what they're doing, so I never felt alone, and I know that I can, no matter where I am, I can always go to somebody's church. Yep, and f- yes, now right. that is true, there's, there's always a community there, I feel the same way, like the members of my church because, I mean, I've known, known them for so long now, especially our family. Like, I can call them or go to their home. Or, like you said, even being a stranger, you're always going to get some compassion at a church. And those are one of the things I love about church. Because as I got older, I started... Because I went to this phase where I was, like, anti-church. Just period. Like, I just kind of got tired of it. Especially towards the end of my teenage years before college. And I was like, I'm not going to church. <laughs> I'm not. Um, especially because I kind of... Yeah, as a teenager, I kind of reached my boiling point. It was, I, it felt suffocating for me, especially because it wasn't a place ne- I necessarily wanted to be. And I felt like I wanted to explore outside of the church, but I was not being allowed to because, of course, exploring outside of the church in most people's mind is like sinning and sex and <laughs> just, and things in it that are really negative when that's not always the case. But it was hard to articulate that. Although I separated the good from the bad and I was able to see the bad, I saw the good too and the the similarities of things in the church that are what I practice now, prayer, meditation, faith. Mm-hmm. Like you said, those things can exist outside of Christianity in different parts of, in different other religions. All religions really require faith, you know, mm-hmm. and breaking down kind of, un, breaking down what I've learned in the church and what I was indoctrinated to believe. Because when you are a person in Christianity, you see faith and hope, you associate it with, God and like I said mm-hmm. anything outside of that is not God so anything outside of what we think faith at home looks like is not God so having to really unlearn and unpack that helped me get into the practice I am in now which I would say my views now are along the lines of I'm very spiritual um meditate I got the crystals and the all that stuff um I believe God is within I think there is God in all of us because even in the Christian Bible says we were made in his image so when you look in the mirror, you see God, you see a creator mm-hmm. of your own universe. We are not the creator. We are not the the one, you know. We have to humble ourselves in that matter. But you we are, are a God. Part. Yeah. Yes, you are a part. You are a part of that. You are, you can, it really is your world. You, you can craft your own universe. And once you really tap into that power, it helps you really, like you said, see God in the trees, see God in the dirt, in the clouds. And every day you see God and it's a beautiful thing. It is. And I will say, like you said, the there are practices you take and there are things you, mm-hmm. you take. And I remember my mom, she always just be like, you can't throw the baby out with the bathwater, which I, I agree with to an extent first, depending on the situation. Um, mm-hmm. You know, but definitely when it comes to religion, so my family talks about religion like every day, different things mm-hmm. um, we think. I think we're all very... Um, especially my brothers and I were all very spiritual. I think me and my second oldest brother were definitely more open to connecting with um, more traditional various African religions. I don't know Same. all of them, but you know, I think yeah. I'm learning and I'm wanting to I think he and I are more open to that whereas you know I definitely think my oldest brother and my mom, they're a little bit more on the, traditional Christianity side but they do Mm -hmm. understand they understand why there are certain things that happen in the black church that don't happen in other churches even though the Mm -hmm. Christianity doctrine is the same 
Um, you know, they understand there are things we carried over and brought here and um, put, you know, into to making it look a certain way. They understand that um, all the Christianity that's taught here isn't, I don't want to sound like a hotel, but, <laughs> but they understand, you know, that just things have been watered down and changed over yes. time. I'll just put it that way. And I, you know, in, in learning that and in taking the things, you know, practicing not throwing the baby out with the bathwater, like taking the things that are useful and that do help me. So like prayer and meditation, mm-hmm. I, I pray all the time, you know, I pray, yeah. pray, pray without ceasing. But my mom's favorite verse, which is also one of mine, is trust in the Lord mm-hmm. with all your heart and lean not into your own understanding In all your ways acknowledge him and he right. shall direct your paths. And I find that's very true, especially with a lot of the stuff that I've been through, particularly these past two years, Um, but just in general, a part of growing pains and growing up and even the world as it is today, like every day you wake up and it's something. And I really find that prayer, like we talked about, you know, how we process our anger last time and all that, but I really find that prayer prayer and talking to God, spending time with God is like what gets me through because I I can do all those other things. But if I don't spend that time in that divine setting, I will, I'm just, I'm a wreck. Yeah, no, I'm the same way. I pray all the time or my, well, prayers are for everyone, but yes, I pray all the time. It's like, I am this, you know, affirmations, things like that. That's even a prayer, you know, Mm -hmm. the way you speak to yourself is a prayer. The way Mm -hmm. you think is a prayer. So it's like, yeah, you constantly have to be in that divine space because you have to, because the world is trying to bring you down constantly, constantly by the things you see, the things you read. So you have to stay connected to your higher self, to God. Um, and, and prayer and meditation is the way to do it. I'm the same way. And I think you do learn that in a Christian church. You do learn that discipline. You know what it looks like to be religious and to be spiritual on in the Christian way. But you can apply those same methods to your mm-hmm. own spiritual life as well. And it's a really interesting thing. And the Bible really does got some fire verses like yeah, that can and it, get you through for real. And even um, like we always talk about. So one of my mom's things she used to use against me when I was younger and I didn't want to like read my Bible or do Bible mm-hmm. study, you know, she was like study to show yourself approved. And I remember mm-hmm. she and I had this conversation um, actually not too long ago, you know, and she was asking me about meditation because I do meditation as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and right now I'm practicing <clears throat> um, Ayurvedic yoga, which is a lot of breathing. You do a lot of breathing, a lot of chanting and I was trying to explain to her. She's like, well, you, you can't, you can't be chanting things and, and you're chanting to, who are you chanting to? I'm like, mom, it's not, Oh my gosh. it's just, it's sound waves. Like, yes, each thing yeah. has meaning. So one of the ones that I do is just breathe. It's a simple breathing exercise. You do it and you do sat nam, which means truth and light. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's all I'm saying. Truth and light. It's just a different language. But when you're, um, even when you're like humming or um, I've done like Amazonian breath work, it's all a a sound vibration, a sound Mm -hmm. wave. And that does, um, you know, those things do tap into the spiritual realm. And I think, you know, if you're doing it with the intention, as with any religion or belief or practice, if you're doing it with evil intentions, yeah, that's what you're going to tap into. 
Um, exactly. But exactly. if you are doing it with the intention and a pure heart and a sound mind to, um, you know, really connect with God or really clear your space, it helps. And it does help me, those sound vibrations, those sound waves, even when, like, if I'm having period cramps, real bad cramps, I'll do um, breath of fire sometimes. And mm-hmm. it helps so much. It helps so much. And then sometimes I'll just hum. Mm-hmm. And I'll I'll find like this certain um it's a certain vibration. I don't know what decibel or anything like that, but it calms my my stomach. Like I'll find it and I'll just do it and I can feel it. I can feel mm-hmm. it like go shoot through my body and just like the pain go away. You know, mm-hmm. and I think even doing that and taking those things and, you know, learning or how she was saying, you know, studying to show yourself approved, like learning about all those different things. I think that is a part of showing yourself approved. I think being able to, you know, understand how this religion works, that religion works, that practice, this practice, and what's behind that, I think, you know, that does show that you you actually care enough, one, because I'm not going to just do anything because somebody tells me to do it. I want to make sure it's good. I want to make sure it's something that works for me. I want to make sure it's you know, not some, some demon person, um, you know, and I think that also proves that I am serious about my studies. I'm serious about my relationship with God, you know, and I do, I, you know, how can I say this? I've noticed that, um, how how to put this. So ever since I've been a child, Mm -hmm. I've had different sensitivities and my family knows this and I'm not really going to go into detail about what they all are but um there are certain things that they know they just come to me to ask about because they have seen that I have a that particular gift Mm -hmm. um they know that if I call them out of the blue or um or for talking and I tell them you need to call this person or you need to do this specific thing they you know they might question it or ask about it but they understand okay you're saying this for a reason. And I will say that when I am more connected, because there are times, whether I go to church or not, where I just kind of ignore God and I put that on the back burner. Um, And I will say that when I am connected and when I'm in my practice and when I am praying the way I need to be and spending time with God, I, you, things are revealed to you. Things mm-hmm. are revealed to you and yes. it comes oh, man. so easily. And, comes, yeah. you know, I, people like they talk about now all these demons and da-da. and I'm but, telling you that what's the verse. Let me see if I can find it. Where is it? Why, why you found it? Speaking of fire verses, when <clears throat> I was talking about like the Bible has stuff you can use. Like one of my favorites is no weapon formed against me shall prosper. It's just it's so simple, straight to the point, you know? It's one mm-hmm. of those ones you just say and boop, evil be gone, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, I was looking into, like, Yoruba, Ifa, and things mm-hmm. like that recently, and it's been really eye-opening, and I am definitely finding myself more called to this path of spirituality, and it's um, it's been really cool to learn yeah. about it and learn about our ancestors and, like, reading a religious book and seeing a depiction of a deity that looks like me. Mm-hmm. It's just... It's something it, it, it literally made me cry. It was a feeling I couldn't even describe because it's like, yes, like this is where I felt like I belong. Yeah, my so it's so weird. My dad's family, like I said, my great grandmother on that side, she was like one of the first evangelists. 
but my their family they have actually been very um it's surprising now that I think about it in this moment because they're also mm-hmm. very religious but they've also been very growing up they're always just like dropping things about connecting with your ancestors and not mm-hmm. necessarily connecting and like talk to them build an altar thing mm-hmm. um but just knowing who you are and where you come from mm-hmm. and how that plays a big a big a big part in discovering yourself and I will say one one Juneteenth I did I just kind of sat down and you know just I spent some time I went I I keep like old uh, obituaries pictures and things Mm of people and I went I just pulled them out and looked at them and went through and you know just connecting more with myself and my family history and it really did. I think actually that spurred me even more to want to um, rebuild my relationship with the Lord. Um, I, yeah, I'm also I'm working on a family as well. Um, and actually, last night <laughs> I found like my great like four generations ago mm-hmm. those um, the people from that time, my like great grandparent, right, the grandparents of that time, and it was just really powerful. Like, oh wow, we're from this part. We my family migrated here and did this and one family member of mine immigrated to freaking Brazil in 1960. I think that's so cool. Like it's just, it, it made me feel somewhat whole and I'm so eager to dig and learn more. Mm-hmm. I might have to get that from you. Did you use like ancestry or one of those things? Um, I use this, it's called familysearch.org. It's actually like a huge database that's free to use funded by the church of Latter-day Saints talking about religion that's so that's hilarious (laughs) it's because I first I was like maybe it's just for members of the church like maybe you have like a special code but they I mean the members of the church can log in I think they have access to other information but you can use it it's free to use and you can just input your family's information and any documents that come up with their name and who they are will pop up so you can try to you know make a tree like I found for most for most black folks, it's the census. So I found a lot of census documents with my ancestors, like where mm-hmm. they're from, you know, how old they were. Um, I was able to find the draft registration card of one of my ancestors. Um, I did find the immigration card to Brazil. Like I saw his whole picture and everything. Um, Do you look like kids. No, no, I don't. But I have a, I have other members in my family that look like him. Um, I'm hoping to get some more pictures from people. And it's just really cool. And also to be able to share this information with my parents. And they're just, like, amazed. And their face lights up. And they're just, wow, like, this is so yeah. cool. It's it's really, it's a nice feeling. Yeah, my, we wanted to do that for my granddad. But mm-hmm. none of us want to do any of those blood test things or no. spit tests. Yeah, me neither. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> we're, like, and I don't even know. I don't know. Maybe my mom's looked into it since then. But I know, like, back when Ancestry.com first came out, it was, like, hella expensive. So, um, but I'll look into that. Oh, let me, so I was going to read the scripture. Scripture. Yes. (laughs) So the scripture is Ephesians 6, 12. Um, and it's, you know, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, the authorities and the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. And there's many, that's the, the new international version if you want, mm-hmm. like, the, the fancy one, you guys can look it up. Um, but, you know, the more the more I connect and, like, stay close to God and, you know, just try, like I said, connecting with my ancestors, connecting with where I come from and where I'm going and really meditate, the more I recognize 
like you said, there we all have God in us. We do. Yep. But there is so much evil and it really is spiritual yeah. warfare. It yep. really is spiritual warfare. And I used to think, um, you know, growing up in the church, you used to hear, what's the saying? We are we are in the world, but we are not of the world. Mm-hmm. Or is it the yep. other way around? I always get it backwards. We, something like that, yeah. We but, are. you know, just recognizing we live here and the body, the body is a vessel. And we, our spirit, it, it's so, like... You have to you have to stay prayed up. Yeah, um, you can like, protect it. You have to because there is so much evil, and you really can. Like you look at some people, and you just yes. you look at their eyes, and you know people talk about it's a vibe, it's an energy, which I kind of hate, but yes, it really is. No, it is. it is. Some people you are around, or you look at them, and you just you you don't even have to. You're just like Mm-mm. you. There's a demon in you. It is something. <laughs> Like, um, and yes, I always tell yes. people, I always tell people, yes. people prove me right about them always, whether it's like a day after knowing them, a couple minutes, years, there have been people in my life years and they've proven me right about them. And some of them, some of them, it's like, I don't know how to put it, but I, it's every time I meet someone, I, it's like, I just see this little you know how I used to watch That's So Raven and she have a vision and it like zoom into her eyes and it had that little mm-hmm. silver thing. Like some people I look at and it's just like I zoom into your heart. <laughs> it's just like this little silvery thing. And you, you can tell, like you can just tell by somebody when you're around them, you know, discernment, wisdom and discernment. Like, no, something's yeah. not right in your spirit. Like something yeah. is not right. You know, the the more I look at the world today, and I guess maybe I don't know. Some people they get they get frustrated because they're like, you don't seem worried, and it's like I'm worried, but I also know at the end of the day, this is not the end all be all. It can't yes. be. Like it can't. Be. God is too great. Um, like you and like you said, and I said, like God for me extends beyond Christianity. God mm-hmm. is. God is God divine. Yeah. We are extensions yeah. of that. And I feel like God is way too great for this universe. Like if you look at space and all we know and just everything out there, like you cannot convince me this is it of what mm-hmm. we're living on earth. So yes, I'm worried. Yes, I hate this happens. It's terrible. And I do try to, you know, do my best to help make things less terrible. But I'm not going to sit up here and be miserable all the time. Facts, facts. And what is, and honestly, for me, what is that going to solve? And like, I can't be miserable. I can't just sit and sulk and be sad all the time because I will never get anything done. I would never be productive. I would never smile, have joy, none of that. So mm-hmm. it's important to keep that stuff in balance. Yes, you feel what you feel, but at the end of the day, like you said, remember that it's much bigger. It's much bigger. God yeah. is much bigger than your problems, much bigger than all that other stuff. So yeah, it's. And it really is, like I said, I really think it's it's spiritual warfare. And, like, mm-hmm. you know, you have people who um, practice Ifa, And actually, when I was mm-hmm. in New York, that's when I started, like, you know, learning more about those um, mm-hmm. things. But, you know, you have people who practice that. And they, they at least the people who I spoke to, I can't speak mm-hmm. for everybody, but yeah. the people who I have interacted with whether it's that or some other spiritual practice they have, 
and it's very similar to Christianity. Like this is a spiritual warfare. It is all happening in the spiritual realm um, and manifesting here. And in order to combat that, you yourself need to have a good spirit, a, uh, a grounded spirit, you know, a heavy, a supported spirit, not heavy and burden laden. Not to say you're not going to have burdens in life, but you have to, you have to, um, you have to have that strong spirit. You have to have some connection to the divine in some way to combat that. Because if not, and you let these evil people and these demons, it's really demons out here. I probably sound crazy. Whatever. You don't sound crazy because it's true. You let these demons get a hold of you and catch you. And next thing you know, you don't even know who you are anymore. You know, it's it's all spiritual. And then that's the thing, like you said, it's it's all spiritual. So demons aren't just, you know, what we think of as horror. Like alcoholism can be a demon. Like we Mm -hmm. know what these demons look like. We know addiction is can be a demon. We know sex can be a demon. Food, all that, anything. You have to really protect yourself and make sure you're always doing things with your best interest at heart, your highest good in mind. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, that mm-hmm. divine, like, protecting your vessel. Because, yes, our spirit, this, our bodies are a vessel. Why, why, that's why it has to be protect, protected. It's a, yeah. it's a flesh and blood. It's not, you know, so it's, mm-hmm. it's vulnerable. It's very vulnerable. Um, and thus, it can make our spirit vulnerable. So protecting your flesh and blood and also protecting your spirit with the spirituality. It's a whole mm-hmm. duality thing. You really, you know, have to tap into that into, yeah yep. and it, it takes work it's not oh, yes it's you know i think people they have this belief that and i'm only talking like about christianity because that's what i know the most yeah. about at the moment Same. but Same. they have this belief that um you know once you get saved you're you're perfect everything's mm. gonna be good everything's gonna be great no it's not <sighs> no. that is that's when you find more tests and even if you're not a religious person or a spiritual person you know think about it this way once you start doing right in life doing the things you know you need to do to take care of your body and um you know take care of your mind your heart and just doing the right thing you have so many more temptations and problems that come and you know if you're not grounded it's very easy to fall back into those it's very easy to get down trodden and again have those different demons take over whether it's anger or alcoholism or Mm -hmm. drug addiction whatever like it's very easy and you you have to be disciplined you have to be disciplined have to be you know and I, I I think I've been thinking about this more just because I don't know maybe because I'm just going deeper into that spiritual realm or I don't know, but I've been thinking about this. Actually, a podcast episode came at a good time because I mm-hmm. have so many notes. I don't know why I didn't think about that before. Oh well. <laughs> Want to get to these poems? Yes. Let's do it. You can go ahead and go first. Oh, I was hoping you could go first. Okay, I'll go first. <laughs> All right. So the poem I'm reading today is in my book, Destroying the Sun. Who? It's called Temple. I'm going to go ahead and just read it and then we'll get into it. Temple. Sunday school lessons, itchy white tights, pink dresses and pigtails, shoelaces, my biggest obstacle. 
When my body was still a mystery, I was told, Your body is a temple. Therefore, it's not your own. Forced Sunday sermons, miniskirts and boys, rap music and twerking, tickets to hell. When I thought the youth pastor was cute, I was told, Sex is a sin unless you're bound to a man. Therefore, your pleasure is not your own. You were bought with a price higher than rubies or pearls, bought with blood, your innocence in bondage for 13 stripes. The onus to guard my temple was thrown on me to have a steel padlock and impregnable defenses. Don't let anyone in as though willpower is enough. And when the invaders came, because they always do, my temple became tainted, holy, unworthy for worship, a pile of rubble that I was responsible for. How did they expect me to defend a place I didn't know? How did they meet, How did they expect me to know a place I couldn't explore? How did they expect me to deny entry to a place I didn't own? Sinners must seek redemption, and once your temple gets tainted, your redemption arc is an endless incline. Atonement is an uphill battle. You must bear your cross and his too. Don't drink. Don't be promiscuous. Don't wear anything revealing. Don't be alone with them. Don't, don't, don't. Pews are no place for accountability, at least not for the dominant gender. They will pray for mercy. They will make excuses. Boys will be boys. It's just the gospel truth. That's it. Mm. That reminds me very much of the South. Yeah. What? Yes. Yeah. The South. Yeah. The South. That is the South. Yeah. That is that is the South. That is the South. And so, right. So, like I talked about, my upbringing was in the Southern Black Christian Church. So, this was my life. You know, white tights when I was a kid. That you, I have the, you know, a picture of me on Easter Sunday with a cute yellow dress on. I got pigtails on. You know, and I hated those white tights. Oh, my God, because they were itchy. I would be like, yo, get me out of these, and they're hot. I'm like, it's come on. I'd be so mad when they're so itchy. And I just remember from a young age being told your body's a temple, you know. And Mm -hmm. it can be, and that can be a good thing, too, because it can teach you to honor your body and to, like I said earlier, be mindful of what goes inside of it but often when it's told to girls it's just Mm -hmm. meant to say don't have sex Mm -hmm. do not let a man enter your body they don't really talk about taking care of your temple outside of it being attached to a man and not having sex Mm -hmm. so that's it was very just you know drilled into you and it's just a it speaks this poem i think speaks to the bigger issue of policing sexuality of girls but not telling them that they still have agency that they still can explore themselves and and have that experience to themselves and that God wants them like it God wants you to have pleasure God wants you to to experience that yes he wants you to experience that with someone who is just good for you you know mm-hmm. who's not going to hurt you and abuse you and mm-hmm. you have to be able to look for those qualities so your body is a temple don't let anyone in who doesn't deserve to be in there but that's not right. talk and so um and then you know the sex is a sin unless you're bound to a man too doesn't, you know, queer, being queer in the church, it's still. Oh, yeah. Well, that's that's <laughs> you know? a whole nother episode. That's a whole episode, right. We should right. invite we, somebody for that. We we definitely should invite someone for it. We, I think I have a guest in mind. Um, this could be like a three-part thing, a two-part right? thing. 
I think so. Um, so, and, you know, therefore your pleasure is not your own. And it just felt like, that's what it felt like for me in the church, that I didn't own my body. That my body was just being primed and groomed and prepped for my husband. Mm. That I had to be virtuous, that I had to be pious, that I had to be modest for my husband, for this man to lead my family which is cool but when you when you're me and i'm an independent free thinker and i hate gender roles oh my god i hate hate gender roles i hate how the church is taught you know women must do this men must do this like no i don't want to cook and clean all the time forget that i'm not doing it and so it just i felt like women were just put in this box and it wasn't until i got older because i say all that to say (laughs) that now i am seeing more different types of Christian women that I wish I would have seen when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. Christian women who are independent and thinking for themselves and not really subscribing to that, those indoctrinated Christian ways. Um, and it's because they're our age. I think they, like you said, we all have similar experiences. So those who chose to stay in the church can maneuver in a way that works for them and being Christian and being the woman they want to be. And it's really beautiful to see. And because I do think they're, they're like you said, it's a spirituality thing. So really Christianity and you get to the root of it and what you know you extract what's good and what is like you said watered down and whitewashed you can extract that take what's really good and you are a good person it, it you are being taught at the very base level really good morals it's just that there's also a lot of hypocrisy and corruption in the church and those morals get skewed to people's personal views but mm-hmm. in the most part in the base part of the bible it's really is about love like you said love is powerful that's really the true message in the Bible and in Christianity. Mm-hmm. And love requires discipline sometimes, guys. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm just going to put that out there because people be saying, love, love. Why are you telling me this? No, love requires sometimes you need to be disciplined, um, whether that's disciplining yourself, you know, of knowing you can do better, holding yourself accountable or other people mm-hmm. holding you accountable for different things. But uh, that's interesting you say that because that has not, well, I won't say it hasn't been my experience in the church. I think mm-hmm. in some ways it has, but I think, and I think to yours is a little bit different because your mother is, you said your mom's like a deacon. So she's yeah. always been, um, she's an ordained minister too. Right. You know, exactly. Whereas mm-hmm. my, my mother is not, she's very involved in our church. I will say that she's, mm-hmm. she's always been like a social person um she's on a lot of committees does a lot of things but I think she's also also I'm her last kid so you know I think by the time I came along she recognized that what what do they call it putting your kids on the altar like you do the best you can and then yeah you know you have to put them on the altar and hope that God watches over them um you know so I think my experience while it's been similar it's also been a little different because my mom was not in the church to the extent that your mom was, if that makes sense. Yeah. And, and also too, like you talk about being the baby, we have my sister, she, there were times, like when she was growing up and she got to a certain age, she was able to stay home from church for some reason. I would have to go. I was like, what? Like she was, I could never stay home, but she would sometimes be able to stay home. And I'm like, huh? That's like, you know, like mm-hmm. that's baby privilege. But also I was I am the oldest girl in my for my family. So the first girl, oldest girl. No, that's mm-hmm. a different. <laughs> yeah, see, that's I didn't get different. to stay home because I was the only girl. So oh, yes. Oh, yeah. It was you like, yeah, you got to go. And 
Like they, everybody knows there. Um, my mom, what's that song? My shadow and me. Oh my gosh, she used to have me doing like so Stop. many performances. But I oh, liked no, yeah. it though. I I was very involved. I volunteered in the nursery. I was in the youth choir. I did the media stuff in my church. Right. Yeah. Well, we're, we're, it's okay if we're off topic. We're, I just decided this is going to be a two-part episode. <laughs> so don't edit, don't delete too many things. No, I won't. Because I, I think no, it's I a don't. good conversation. This, me too. Me too. Yeah. Um, okay. Go ahead and read your poem. Okay. So this one, um, it's about, it's about um, you know, connect a part of, like I said, just connecting with my, my ancestors and... Mm-hmm. Um, um, respecting the elders in the family it's very short and to the point just like my family well Mm -hmm. most of the time (laughs) okay it's called the women sit down and let the lord work when the storms come you can finish playing when the rain stops i understand my elders now that's it (laughs) the way you said (laughs) <laughs> no i told you it's very short. No, it's short i like it because you know i like growing up in the south i don't know yeah. maybe they do this in other places too um i recently found out it's not a black family thing um some of my my uh latino friends their families have done this um especially the older people that when the rain you know when it rains and mm-hmm. tell you to sit down and be quiet or cut off the TV and cut all the stuff. Yeah. Um, to this day, I still think I'm going to get electrocuted in the shower if I take a shower. Mm. Real talk. I be yeah, I, no, I, I try to get in there and out because I don't know if it's true or not. Yeah. Um, but I also, you know, just thought of it. My great grandmother, who I'm so happy I had, um, I was able to meet her uh, while she was living. And we had like, we had a... a long time with each other before she passed but she always used to talk about going home going home and we really we at some point I think we just knew she meant like going home to be with the Lord on to glory Mm -hmm. you know whatever they call it where y'all are from but um I used to think about she would always she would always uh you know she would always say let the Lord work even my my grandmother my maternal grandmother she didn't go to church too much when I was older. I think because she didn't like the church my granddad was at. But, um, you know, she used to tell us, you know, okay, y'all sit down now. Y'all sit down now and let the Lord do his work. And just those little things, you know, thinking about it when you get older and you're going through something. Um, like we were saying earlier about prayer and meditation, you know, just, just like you having to stop. And take a moment and just sit and just yeah. let whatever's gonna happen happen. Yeah, and it's it's funny you mentioned like you know ancestors and churches. So even though I my family my immediate family we went to a non denominational church on my mother's side in Atlanta near Cascade the Skating Ring. Um, there's this church, this little Black Baptist church, and my family has been members of that church for generations. Like it's it's the family church. Like all of my maternal grandmothers and maternal family members have been mothers of the church, you know? And so Mm -hmm. it's a rich history there. That is the church you sit in, you in there all day, but they going to feed you after and who's going to be great. Mm -hmm. You know, you go downstairs to the basement of the church and you eat and you play outside. And, you know, I just remember lots of 
Easter's there, family gatherings, you know, funerals too. That's where my family on my mother's side is where we've had almost all of our funerals. Um, and it's just the pastor there knows my family and knows my family by name and the members of the church like, oh, you were, you were the part of the McDonald family? Oh, yes, come on, you know. I'm like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> let, me go take, let me go take this picture. There's always some older black woman. Come take the picture. Come be in this yes. picture. <laughs> okay. I'm, who are you people? But all right, I'm here for the picture. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely, that's, and it's so funny we mentioned this because I do want to visit that church. And I'm, I know there's a lot of my personal family history in that church. And I know that church means a lot to black people in general in Atlanta because it's definitely one of those churches where, you would hide to, you would seek refuge. And that's a powerful thing too. I know our ancestors went for the church for refuge from, you mm-hmm. know, spiritual problems and refuge from racism because that's yeah, what we, you know. community always forever, as long as we've been in this country, really. Yeah, it's that's what I said. Like the black church for as mm-hmm. much as much as as many problems as it has, like it is it is something I don't want to see go away. I want to see it, you know, I want to see it evolve and grow, but I don't want to see it disappear. I think if we lose that, then particularly as black Americans who don't have that direct connection to our ancestors, I think we lose a huge part of, of our community, of our our culture. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, like you said, that refuge, that was the one place we could go. Yeah. Um, And that is, that's partly why you see so many people. I mean, you know, there's a joke about musicians in the church, like, <laughs> and because they really, they accept everybody. Yeah. Um, and some of them, yeah. you know, on the weekends, they ain't playing church music. Thanks. But um, I should be, I should be specific about the the joke I'm talking about. I'm talking about the ones who don't play yeah, yeah. church music. Church, yeah, no, no, nah, I'm not. I need um, but, <laughs> but, um, you know. It's they they really do accept it. I think that says a lot. I mean, I think that's for black people a lot. Like we're yeah. a very accepting community. Oh yes. But sometimes to our own detriment. Detriment. Yeah. yeah. And I and I always tell people like I go with my family. Like my family is the most loving, most forgiving what? ass family you will ever meet. Okay. And it is sometimes it is so annoying, and I'm just like, because <laughs> I really think about it. You know my. We had people living with us. My mama bailed people out of jail. Like, what? we are really yes. the most, like, loving and accepting family. And we really have had some characters pass through, <laughs> um, you know, our house. And But I think about it, and I'm like, I'm happy. Who knows where those people would have been or ended up if they didn't pass through our doorstep. And then Funny. I think, oh, oh go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Oh, no, no, I was going to no. go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say, you know, I think about, I think about, um, you know, just how, how we're loving, but we're also disciplined. And each mm. member of my family has a different way of doing that. I'm a little more abrasive. Uh, my brother's a little more gentle. My other brother, he's a little gentle, a little abrasive. My mom is, you know, kind of gentle. But, we, you know, we take those people in, but we're also like, you need to do this and get yourself together. Like, do X, Y, Z, da, 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 da. You know, but we're also, but it's it comes from a place of love. And my mom yeah. always used to say that everything you do, you do it with love in your heart. So if I'm reprimanding you, it's coming from a place of, I love you. I don't want to see you hurt yourself kind of thing. 
Yes. You know, I always I'm, do things with love. Yes. Right. Yeah. And it's funny you mentioned people passing at your house. So, from I want to say, maybe from maybe third grade, either second or third grade to fifth grade, my family. I was living with another family from church. Well, they were living with us. They had moved into our house. Uh, it was a, a woman and her three kids, and her oldest daughter and I were the same age. And of course, we got really close. We spent, we bonded over a lot of things. We were in the same school. I mean, I basically lived with my best friend for those years, and we lost connection. And you know, life took us separate ways. And then recently, we've reconnected. Like, and it's been Yay. really beautiful to see how she's grown and. She's married. She has her own business. It's just, she's blossomed to such a beautiful woman. And so it's like you said, like, no, who knows where her and her family would have been if they didn't have that place to stay, you know, a single mom with their mm-hmm. kids, you know, you don't know anything could have happened. So, and that's one of the things, like, we keep talking about community and church, like, people are going to look out for you. Like, people are going to make sure you're not out here, you know, just out here. Mm-hmm. People don't have your mm-hmm. back. And speaking of family too like just having a loving and open family my family is very lovey-dovey and open and family first and just always saying you know the world is against you but your family always got your back like this should be the people that ride for you no matter what because they're the people that you stuck here with like you had no choice like <laughs> this is this well, your tribe do you do so do you well that I mean, might, that's a podcast for another day but something right. to think about. Do you consider family and relatives the same thing? Because I always think uh, of it as like your well, relatives you can't choose, but your family you can. Okay, yeah, that's a good way to put it. When I say you can't, well, when I say you can't choose it, yeah. Like, I get the meaning of cha- of choosing your family because people come from not great families and they should have no obligation to people that treat them any type of way, no matter what their relation to them is, mother, father, whatever. But, um... When I say you can't, well, because you, when I say you can't choose your family, yeah, I, because I mean it from a perspective mm, of, okay, yeah, of like, these are the people that you are like, yeah, you can't choose. This is the fit people that on earth, they're your mother and father. That's like, you can't change that title. So why would you treat them like anything less than respect? And the same with your kids. Like, these are your kids. Like, why would you treat them anything less than good? Because the world is not going to treat them good. You know, the world is definitely out to get them in, in a sense. So, you know, you should try to or hopefully people would treat their family members with like true loved ones. But I know that's not always the case. But, um, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm fortunate to come from a family where that is the case and that I, I'm really, really blessed and fortunate to have the, yeah, the family that I do have. I've kind okay. of gone off topic here about religion. <laughs> well, but it, it, it all ties it, in. It, all it, it, it ties it does. in, it does. you know. All right, Moni, so where can the people find us and your work? So you can find my work at lulu.com. That's L-U-L-U dot C-O-M. And the book is titled Moments in Time, colon, A Collection of Memories. And you can find us at Opine. That's F-L-U-O-P-I-N-E. And Instagram and Twitter. It's the same thing. So it's the first part of fluorescent and then the first part of pineapples. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at ohayisjazz. O-H-H-E-Y-I-T-S-J-A-Z. If you're interested in seeing me Twitch stream, you can find me on Twitch at jazzbgaming.com. 
Lastly, if you would like to support my endeavors as an author, then please purchase my book on Amazon by searching Destroying the Sun. You have to type in the whole thing. Thank you very kindly. All right, guys. Until next time. Bye. Bye.